to you from sunny Sacramento. It's How I Built My Business, an entrepreneur podcast. I'm Dave Carlson, and thank you so much for listening. This show is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. We help businesses lease office space and buy commercial buildings. This podcast is for business owners and entrepreneurial nerds to share their stories. It's like a support group for those of us who can't help but start businesses. So let's get into today's episode. Today's guest is Paul Burke, founder and improv comedy instructor who owns Blacktop Comedy. Uh, Welcome, Paul. This is great. This is a great opportunity. Thank you. Absolutely. Definitely. And uh, for for those of you who may not know, Paul is my brother-in-law. So he's doing me a favor by uh, talking with us and telling us a little bit about his awesome uh, comedy experience and everything he's done entrepreneurial. First, we'll go into our uh, probably informative and potentially entertaining Q&A. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. So uh, I love to ask the first question of describe the worst job you've ever had without naming the employer so we don't get sued. Sure. The worst job I ever had, well, for me, is having to clean bathrooms because... <laughs> As a germaphobe, when they pointed at the urinal and said, go clean that, I had some real, I had some real internal struggles. Oh my gosh. Well, I I, I assume you were very well paid at least. Uh, Oh yeah. Because you get paid really well in the restaurant (laughs) industry for sure. It's just money, money, money. That's why you do it. That, that, that's great. That makes sense. And I'm sure people are uh, are very careful with uh, with bathrooms that aren't their home bathrooms, right? I'm, I'm sure people are uh, just very on top of their game. Oh, sure. From what I was seeing, the individual's aims were fantastic. Like everybody <laughs> was just marksmen. <laughs> that's great. That's that's great news. Uh, perfect. So uh, we're here to talk about blacktop comedy. Uh, for those of us that don't know what blacktop comedy is, uh, describe you know what your business does as if you were talking to a 10 year old my job is to make people smile and laugh and that's basically i i, I would describe it to a 10 year old that way i'd describe it to a 100 year old that way so i teach people how to do improv which is a way of um is a style of comedy and i also perform shows so i'm trying to teach people how to be funny and i'm also teaching i'm also giving people a place to come laugh and and catch a show that is awesome and i i can say personally i've been to a lot of shows and they are always just so funny um in addition to having improv you also have uh comedians and i saw a magician there one time it's just an awesome place to be entertained yeah, our goal is to, you know, fill the stage and thank you for that unbiased uh, <laughs> assessment as a brother-in-law, unbiased assessment of the theater. And yeah, my job is to fill the stage with things that are going to make people happier. That's my job. So the the way that you know that Molly and I are genuine, Paul, is that we will go to shows and not tell you that we're coming to the shows and go willingly and voluntarily. So that that's that's the true testament that we really enjoy going and always have a great time there. So it's true. And also, you don't ask for free tickets. You are willing <laughs> to pay, which. That I think is a sign too. Oh, I mean, that is a great thing about it as well. Is you guys have some very affordable ticket prices, which I think uh, is 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 kind of a great like, low barrier to entry, and uh, it's just a really entertaining night out. Thank you, appreciate it. Very cool. So, what led you to start an improv comedy theater? I I created the theater because I wanted to create a 
home for people interested in the same style of improv that I am in love with. So I love improv and comedy that's, you know, telling a story and it's, it's not so much about punchlines. I mean, it will be funny, but it becomes funny over time through interesting characters and interesting stories. So I wanted to create a place where people who love that style could have a home and, you know, build a community. And were there many improv comedy clubs in the area? Did you kind of see a need that you wanted to fill or, you know, what, you know, were there a lot of options for people before you opened? Um, that's a great question. So there were a couple theaters and they were in Sacramento. And um, uh, for those listening, I, I live in Roseville, which is about a 30 minute drive. So it's the more suburbs of Sacramento. And I did feel like there was a need up there for more nightlife and entertainment. So. Got it. That makes, that makes complete sense. So, you know, looking back on starting the business, what would you say was one of the hardest parts? One of the hardest parts is letting go of what you think is the right thing. Um, (laughs) That sounds bad. I'm I'm not saying like ditch your ethics. Um, (laughs) Leave it at the door. Start your business. Like a lot of times I realized I went into, I went into business thinking, Oh, this is how business is done. Kind of like a a robot. Like this is what you do. Like you put these inputs in and then you get these outputs. And when that didn't work, it didn't matter if I kept shoving in more inputs, it wasn't going (laughs) to give me what I needed. So I just kind of had to, you know, pivot. I think that's probably a a buzzword. I had to pivot and, you know, try different things and, and see, what the community wanted, not necessarily what I thought they wanted. I mean, that's a huge problem too. Just assuming, you know, the market versus going to find out what the market wants. Oh my gosh. I think that is, that is so true. It's one of those things where you, you think, you know what your customer wants and sometimes it's what you want your customer to want. And it's you know not the same thing at all. I definitely have been on the, the wrong end of that where I've done a couple of marketing things that, I thought were just going to be absolute slam dunks. And then I figure out that nobody's interested in in that kind of content, you know? So I, I definitely feel you there. Yeah. To quote, like to quote Seinfeld, you think you, uh, gold, Jerry, gold, this is gold. <laughs> this is going to work. And then it's like, you're like, Oh, well, I better try something else. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my poor wife obviously has heard all of my brilliant ideas that there's no way they can't work. And then <laughs> fast forward a couple of weeks later. So I'm trying something new. Don't ask me about the previous one. doesn't really matter. <laughs> Let's just say it was a, uh, it was a mild success, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I think you have to have, you have to have a little enthusiasm and a little, um, unbridled optimism to start a business. So I think that that's probably part of why we keep going back for more punishment. Yeah. And a lot of humility, uh, humility, that's how you say the word, (laughs) a lot of humility because yeah, it, it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. So that's, that's fine. That's just what it is. That's business. So, Oh, Absolutely. No, I think think that's so true. So, I mean, along a similar vein, you you kind of answered this earlier, but is there a particular mistake that you made that that you won't make again? I know uh, not to dwell on all the failures, but you and I are fairly self-deprecating. So I thought I'd ask the question. No, that's a great, that's a really great question. I would say the, the biggest failure was trying to grow too quickly rather than being happy with 
a smaller size and getting the product right. So, so for instance, like I'll give you specifics because I know those are more helpful that we very quickly, I felt in my eyes outgrew our small venue. So I moved to a larger venue and then, you know, one year later or maybe two years later, I was like, Oh, we need a even bigger venue. And then once you move to that big venue or consider moving to the big venue, you're like, Oh, a hundred seats, this will be so much more profitable versus thinking, Hey, it's going to be a lot of work to fill those hundred seats. Think of it through that perspective. So sometimes rose colored glasses are really bad because when you see a hundred seats that are empty in assuming those are easily filled every week, that's, that's a lot of marketing work, um, in a smaller, a smaller, uh, space like uh roseville oh yeah i'm sure and i you know i'll, I'll bet for the performers it's can be brutal because you know i had i had a band in college and i'll tell you we had a few gigs uh to play to mostly empty uh bars and uh clubs and uh it's tough to have energy when you're just kind of staring out at you know a few faces and a lot of emptiness so <laughs> that's definitely tough yeah you know, I, I, I'm nostalgic for, in a way, for the, the smaller spaces because even if they're small and not a lot of people, just the energy and the the intimacy of those shows was a lot of fun. This podcast is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. Carlson O'Connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings. Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure, free lease versus own analysis. With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number 019-77101. When you made the decision to go a little bigger, was was it based on something you were kind of feeling like now is the time or did you have other people telling you like, you know, you really need to get more seats because we're selling out so many of the smaller shows? I mean, was it from other people or your own ideas or, you know, where did the inspiration come from? It it was so it, and I mean, I'm sure some people listening are going to like nod their head and others will shake their head. <laughs> It was from an idea that, oh, bigger is better, right? <laughs> that, has, that has to be a truism. And turns out, not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> bigger is not better. It's just bigger and more stressful. I'm, I'm sure it's just one of those like, oh, like economies of scale work at Boeing. So like clearly if I just, you know, if if, if I send out 10 times as many uh, mailers, you know, to potential clients, like the problem is I'm not sending enough mailers. It's not that the mailers don't have the right content. I I totally get that. Just kind of looking for a bigger hammer and a bigger nail. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm the Boeing of comedy, right? This has to work out. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Paul, you are the Boeing of comedy, and you can uh, oh. you can put that on your website, and uh, you you can quote me on that. <laughs> That's fantastic. I will. I'm going to 100. I think you might want to check Boeing stock prices though, because I feel like they might have had some recent problems. So maybe wait till that st- stabilizes. I'm not positive. I'm, uh, but. That's- <laughs> 
<laughs> I think uh, you, you don't you don't want to call yourself the Enron of comedy or something like that until you've like checked in the Boeing uh, stock price. That's true. Excellent. That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, um, so what you know, on more of a positive note, uh, what is something about your business that you're particularly proud of? I am really proud of the community that we built. Anybody could come and learn improv and be supported there. Just the number of people that we got and the people that would return and the way they would speak so like lovingly about it and like what it's doing for their life was really impactful. And it's it's funny because what I what I tended to notice is the people that would find us and were willing to take a risk and try improv were people that were kind of at a crossroads of their life, whether it's, um, you know, kind of kids had left the home or other life, life circumstances. Like there was a radical shift in life and they were more willing to try this very unique and different sort of comedy. Um, most people think when they think comedy, they think stand up, but improv is more, more team oriented. Like you're working together with other people on stage, creating a story with no script. That's what improv is. And that scares a lot of people. But I think a lot of the people who found us life was so radically different for them that they were like, I'm going to give this a shot and try it. And just how much they got out of it was really exciting. And, and how, just how much it transformed their life. And, that might seem really dramatic, but they would say like, Oh, this really, this really, really helped me. And it's funny too, because like any business owner, I mean, there are a number of times where you're like, maybe I should throw in the towel. Maybe, maybe I should end this thing. And it was the best and worst experience because every time I thought about ending it, inevitably that week, somebody came up and said, Paul, this has changed my life and I am so glad it's here. And I'm like, thank you. And I hate you because you are, you are not allowing me to end this because there was this, and I mean that really lovingly. I, I don't hate them, but it was, it was funny how like, oh, well, Gosh, maybe maybe let's struggle a little bit more and see if we can't make this work. So uh, they're they're just a messenger of the of the business gods. You're you know you're you're just you're, you're breaking point, and uh, the business gods say, hey, you know what? Let's throw this guy bone here and uh, and just give him yeah. just enough encouragement to keep going. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I would assume teaching people you probably got to see some really cool growth of, you know, someone coming in on their first day and not being very confident and then kind of growing into the comedy style. You know, was it cool to see people get better in front of your eyes? Yeah, that was, that was amazing. Like seeing people learn to, to let go um, of planning and just listening to their partner on stage and realizing, Oh, all I got to do is listen and build off of your ideas and through support, we'll create a really cool story together. So that was really great. And I, and I know, I know that look in people's eyes because I had that look too. Like when I was trying to learn improv, like I was, I was really struggling because I wanted to get it and I wanted to understand it. And I wanted to be really good at it, but it was through like letting go of the control that it was, it was beginning to be more fun and 
so I can see that in people's faces. And that's really cool. Cause that's how I felt once I learned to kind of let go and just kind of like trust, trust the moment. And it's so much more, it's so much more fun and liberating to do that. So it's neat to see that. Oh, that, that is awesome. I can only imagine that that must be really cool. The question I always like to ask, what's, what's your favorite sports team and you only get one. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with the 49ers because I grew up in a family of 49er fans. And so I have a lot of good memories of just, you know, Super Bowls and family together and watching the games. And yeah, I'm going to go with 49ers. Final answer. (laughs) Oh, I am so sorry. That is incorrect. The correct answer was the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I don't know what you were thinking, but apparently I know you better than you know yourself. The answer is always uh, Sacramento so, Kings. It's so sad when you think you know yourself and you realize you don't. I, like I said, I, I can't believe you got that one wrong, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I was here to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how, about, uh, how about a good book you've read or listened to recently? Um, a, a good book I've read within the last couple weeks is the power of moments or actually let me, I'm not going to lie. It's probably been the last couple months was uh, the power of moments. It's, it's, it's fantastic. If you're a business owner, just the idea that you can help craft um, memorable moments for people through just kind of these certain, you know, rules, applying these rules to um, events in in your business or life in general. It's a great book. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I'll, I'll have to check that out. I'm actually not familiar with that one. Um, power of moments. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. So our last question, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm a big music fan. So the last question is what is the last song you listen to? Feel free to lie. That's funny. And it comes to me so easy because I literally listen to the song. I'm not going to lie. What, what a weird lie to throw out there <laughs> that I'm about to say. I listen to this song for about 45 minutes on repeat, just nonstop while I was working and then realized Oh, Paul, you've been listening to this for 45 minutes on repeat. Oh, my gosh. Um, it is Yummy by Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best answer. I I couldn't even script that. That is so awesome. I'm sure you're going to get people who are like very like, oh, I was enjoying the Beatles with with red wine. Um, you know, like some people who are like really appreciate music. Nope. <laughs> I was listening to Justin Bieber yummy for 45 minutes. And that was after enjoying the music video for a couple times on YouTube. So I'm really living my best life. <laughs> That is great. Well, if you're supposed to enjoy the Beatles with red wine, I think you enjoy Yummy by Justin Bieber with like a jello shot and a uh, cigarette, maybe. Is that- yeah, like a four, a four loco and uh, regret. <laughs> four loco. That's a better answer. You're right. Hey, well, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, that's uh, that's it for my show here. Uh, thanks to uh, everyone for listening. If it wasn't for you and for our guest, I'd just be talking to myself. So until next time, support local businesses and stay happy. Thanks again, Paul. podcast is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. Carlson O'Connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings. Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure free lease versus own analysis. 
With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number 019-771101.